Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain. This is another episode of the Steelers Preview. Joining me as always, Brian Davis, Dave Schofield. What's up, Brian? How's it going? Oh, man, it's going great. The one thing, we got spoiled with this November nice weather, and now that it's frigid and I'm scraping in the morning, man, I tell you what, that's knocking me down. There goes that bad Yinzer accent again. Especially the one by Brian, that bad Yinzer <laughs> accent. Sorry. Uh, you, you guys can label it all you want. My dog here and me, I know it's good. There you go. <laughs> Dave, I, welcome to the show. What's up? Oh, uh, not not too much. Yeah, Brian's right. It's cold. But you know what? It was cold on Sunday. It's going to be cold this coming Sunday as well. I just honestly, I don't think it's going to be too cold. That'll drive out the pigeons. I think the pigeons will still be there. Yeah, pigeons don't go anywhere. They don't migrate. <laughs> pigeons are there all the time. Now, the funny thing is, is people always complain about the weather. You can't control it. I just remember, you can always tell yourself, at least it's not Buffalo. So they're calling for three to six feet of snow. Anywhere, from, which, by the way, weather, weather people, meteorologists, whatever you want to call them, how do you go, how do you have a range of three to six feet of snow. Well, you know, it could hit us harder than we thought. Could get two extra feet. No, you don't miss that much. I mean, I don't know. I've always had a thing about uh meteorologists. I don't believe them. But anyway, I, I had that problem, Jeff, back in college. My date would either be a three or a six. And I, <laughs> it was somewhere between there. Uh coming from a golfing family, we hate we hate meteorologists because they'll always try to crap on a big day, a big tournament, something like that. Anyways, isn't that the only profession where someone's asked to predict the future and you expect them to be right 100% of the time? Well, not only that, it's you could be wrong 100% of the time and still keep your job. That's why, you, <laughs> hey, you, Joe said it would, man. That's what you need. You, you got to go back downhill to, from there. Yeah. Yeah. Without, you, you without Bernardo. No, because Pat McAfee will have you. He'll go after you if you go after Joe. That's true. All right. We have a lot to talk about in this episode. Uh, the topic of the show is what we're going to start off with. There really wasn't any news. DeMarvin Leal's 21-day window got started. I'm not expecting that to change. The Steelers just don't activate players right away. They let them get acclimated. That's They use the window for that. Um, so we're going to talk about this Steelers team. And I want to kind of expand this. We're going to talk about if the Steelers team in week 11 is better than the team that they had in week one. But I also want to approach this matchup and think about the differences between the two lineups, the Bengals and the Steelers, and how vastly different they are heading into the second matchup in Pittsburgh this Sunday. So let's start on the Steelers docket, though. Is this team, in your opinion, better or worse than week one? Let's start on offense. Let's do this offense, then defense. Bad, we'll start with you. Is the Steelers offense in week 11 better or worse than week one? It is absolutely unequivocally better. And here's the reason why. Because you are now in a, a situation where you know who you think your quarterback is going to be. There's not a when's Kenny Pickett coming in? How long is Mitch Trubisky going to be the place setter? You're not thinking about that at all. You have finally seen a an abysmal offensive line turn into something so much better. Do I love them as pass rusher, a pass uh, protectors? No, I mean I don't. But they're getting there and they're doing some things. And one thing that I've got to remember when I'm going after the offensive line is the fact that some of those sacks were Kenny Pickett sacks too. So I understand that. 
But you look at the fact that they're opening holes for Najee Harris and the philosophy has been altered a little bit by Mike Tomlin, a 15-year philosophy that was a bell cow backfield is now morphing into a backfield by committee. You have addition by subtraction with a guy that I absolutely loved that was Chase Claypool, but now with one less hungry mouth to feed, you still have some guys that are going to give you better production. So that might actually be helpful too. Sometimes you can have too much of a good thing. And when you get, when one goes away, you have, you're able to focus on the others a whole lot better. So I really think in all phases of that offense, they're much better. Okay. Dave, what about you? What do you think? The offense, better or worse? I think they're better. I'm not ready to say that they're much better. They've they've improved in the way of you would want a young team to improve. You want them to get better every week. But there's also been some maybe stumbling blocks along the way. I mean, it's a serious question. Will Kenny Pickett in week 11 be better than Mitch Trubisky in week one? I don't know that we can definitively answer that, but mainly because week 11 hasn't happened yet. I'm hoping he is, you know, but can we even base that off of, you know, the last three games coming from them? We're, we're still not sure. Because um, one thing Mitch Trubisky did in that game that we haven't seen for a long time from the Steelers is a passing touchdown. Uh, <laughs> and also the Steelers, they're out there leading rusher from that game because their leading rusher from week one was Chase Claypool. Yeah, I'm looking at the so, box score now. Yeah. So I'm and I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing and I'm and the the way that everything has gone I think I I mean if you're going basically off last week last week the play calling and everything is better. So I'm saying they're better. I don't know that they're like head and shoulders above what they should be. They've been, the offensive line playing all but five snaps together all season is definitely something going in the right direction and Things are just need to continue to click. I really wish by week 11 we would have said, man, the offense has really started to figure it out. They still haven't yet, but there's still an opportunity for them to do that. All things considered, I feel like they are starting to figure it out. It's just taking time because of yeah. the change they had to make in, in the middle of week four. Uh, but I'm looking at the box score from week one because, honestly, I couldn't remember. I remember the game. I remember plays and situations and scenarios, but I couldn't remember numbers. Like I didn't remember Mitch Trubisky's stat line in week one. He was 21 of 38. This game went to overtime. Keep that in mind. Threw for 194 yards, average 5.1. He did throw a touchdown to Najee Harris, was sacked once for a 78.2 rating. I feel like I feel like that could be Kenny Pickett's stat line, and everyone kind of say, yeah, that's about right. Uh, but yeah, like Chase Claypool, he was the leading rusher that day, 36 yards on six carries. Uh, Pat Fryermuth was the leading receiver, five for 75. Deontay Johnson had 12 targets. Fryermuth 12 10. targets. Fryermuth had double digits too with 10. Yeah. Um, I like I said, I feel like this week 11 offense is starting to figure it out. It doesn't mean it's good, but at least they're starting to figure out what they do well, what they don't do well. I think the bye week helped with that. So uh, we'll see. You know, it's interesting how Kenny Pickett still to this week when he met with media on Wednesday says that, you know, we're still making up for lost time because he didn't yeah. have a lot of reps with any of these players he's playing with. <laughs> uh, and it's it just is mind boggling to me. But I'm going to say slightly better. But let's go to the defensive side of the ball, Brian. 
Is the Steelers defense in week 11 better than the one in week one? I'm actually going to say push. Okay. With the exception of one guy. I mean, I, I really don't think it is that much better. They look, they did shut down Alvin Kamara last week and that Saints running game and Alan Alvin's not a guy to go ahead and sleep on. He's still, he's still a very good running back. I just, you know, I just don't feel amazing about the defense. Now you feel a whole lot better because you do have TJ Watt back. You, you still don't have everything taken care of with your corners. You still don't know exactly who's going to kill you that week or who's going to step up. But you have one guy that has stepped in that is an addition that we just got a glimpse of him. And I think he's going to make a big difference. It's DeMonte KZ. So I'm going to say a push, but I'm not ready to go one way or the other yet. All right. Uh, Real quick, before I throw it to Dave, just clarify something for me. When did TJ Watt leave with injury in the game? The the very end of regulation. With less than a minute left in regulation. Oh, so he played him as four quarters. I thought yeah. it was Remember, he, no, yeah, he was he was out. That's that he was out like two plays before the Bengals scored that to quote unquote take the lead before Minka blocked the extra points that ended up making it a tie. Okay. It was a, just a couple plays before the before the touchdown. Got it. Okay, that that's all. Dave, go ahead. What do you think about the defense? Better or worse? Uh, I'm going to say better. I'm going to say better just because I. Especially, I mean, if you guys listen to Stat Geek, how I gushed over and over about the numbers of that defensive performance um, this past week. I mean, I I couldn't get over it because you know I'm not following the numbers during the game because I was at the stadium. Usually, I'm I'm following these kind of things as the game's going on. So to come home and look at them, I was like, holy cow! But I I think it's a little bit better. I think they figured out their usage with some people um, a little bit more. I mean, I mean, think about this: you've got a different starting nose tackle now. Now, granted, it's not like he plays tons of snaps, but man, he had a Montrevis Adams had a good game last week. Um, Larry Ogunjobi's become more uh, acclimated to the Steelers after getting a number of games under under his belt. Yes, it's Trent Jordan watches come back, but my thing is, is this defense had to play without TJ Watt for seven games and had to try to bring stuff together. So then you add him back into the mix. That's why I think it was such a big difference last week is because this defense did get better without TJ Watt, but it's never going to be the same as what it is with TJ Watt, basically from what the offense has to do to scheme around him. So bringing him back, um, I, I, I think, you know, especially last week, Levi Wallace gave much better play at cornerback than what the Steelers got from Akella Witherspoon in week one. Um, so looking at those and adding KZ into the mix, that's why I would say I think the defense is better now than they were in week one. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with with Dave a little bit. I think they're a little bit further along in DeMonte KZ coming back. New faces and new places. We're talking Levi Wallace, Miles Jack, Larry Ogunjobi being more comfortable in their roles and their assignments with the team. Devin Bush seeming to be a little bit better and and a little bit more back to what Uh we were more comfortable seeing. I think that the defense as a whole, and a lot of it depends on the bodies that are available to them, and that's natural, are I think they're further along. And that's a good thing. 
And that's a good thing. That's what we should want to see uh, from the Steelers defense. But I want to also talk about just differences in the two teams from week one to now in week 11, getting ready for the game Sunday at 425. So think about it. Let's talk about the Bengals. Joe Burrow missed the majority of the preseason. And he even said this in his interview uh, when he met with media this week. They said, what's the biggest difference? And he said, well, I wasn't just uh, coming out of an appendectomy because he missed a lot of time with that preseason. He's the antithesis. Because it's just so Mika Fitzpatrick. But, you know, he was coming back. There's no Jamar Chase this week for the Bengals unless something changes on Friday and they put him in the lineup. Um it's an obviously not in Cincinnati. Look at Pittsburgh's lineup. No Chris Boswell this week. That could be a that could be a deciding factor. We don't know. Uh, you talk about TJ Watt being back and at full strength. Is Minka Fitzpatrick going to play? Kenny Pickett is a quarterback. So the next question is: When you look at these changes, I didn't. I'm sure I missed a few. Uh, when you look at the differences in these lineups, are you more comfortable than Week One? Not that we were comfortable, but you know what I'm talking about. Or are we less comfortable, kind of like, ah, there's a lot I don't know about. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings, Brian, heading into this game? Well, it's different for me because going into that game, I wasn't giving them a chance to win that game whatsoever in week one. And there's a lot of me that right now thinks that, yeah, this isn't a perfect Bengals team. They, uh, It's not like they struggled and then just put together five or six wins. They have not been consistent. And that's the thing to look at. Now, I think Joe Burrow is a superstar, but he really needs Jamar Chase. And not having him takes an elite offense and makes them decent. And I can honestly say that. I I, I think that is the big deciding factor for me. If Jamar Chase is in this game, I would not even be giving the – I would not be uh, giving any thought – of do I go ahead and go with them this week? Because I think that this is the kind of team that it's going to be very hard to sweep. But without Jamar Chase, it's possible. Well, and and this is a team, the Bengals team, that swept the Steelers, what, the last three times before week one? They swept them in 2021, and they had beaten them the second game in – 2020, 2020 that was that monday night debacle in cincinnati i mean it is it is possible it's not not necessarily likely but it's possible dave what do you think what's your gut feeling tell you because it does to me it feels like completely different seasons it feels like completely yeah. different teams what do you think well i felt that the bengals other than they looked really good in the first half against the panthers but you know that's tough you know because the the, the panthers with the coaching change everything's kind of a mess right now people want to say that I, I shouldn't go off on the same rant that I already did about people and already in the live chat tonight, people downplaying the win against the Saints. I'm sorry. The Saints were the sixth rank offense going into the game. Sixth rank offense in the NFL. Don't tell me they're a bottom five team. Some, I, I, oh, that just frustrates me so bad. Poo-poo fans. Here we go. Poo-poo fans. Poo-poo <laughs> fans. Remember, it's not, it's not what you are. It's what you do. You poo-poo on everything the Steelers do. So 
Yeah, that uh, that's that's good. That's I, I need to trademark that. Okay? This is my favorite so, version of Dave, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so so, but when you look at the Bengals, and so I don't want to. I mean, they're playing NFL teams. So yeah, they figured out something with the Panthers, but then almost let the Panthers come back with Baker Mayfield. I mean, not that much, but I mean, it was completely different the second half. But when you're up thirty-five nothing at halftime, the second half is just a write-off. So. Before that game, I'm like, this offense does not seem the same without Jamar Chase. It really does not seem the same without Jamar Chase. I know I I, I caught the end of uh, Know Your Enemy last night. I caught it live, and that was something that Jeffrey Benedict talks about. He's like, at the beginning of the show, he's like, oh, man, there's no way this Steelers team is going to beat this Bengals team. And as the whole show goes on, by the end, he's like, man, there's nothing that's scary about the Bengals right now. This, this Steelers should win this game. And he even joked about how much he changed. So, um that's just that that is just what it is. I, I don't think that they're the same offense without Jamar Chase. Um, I think the Steelers are more equipped to stop the run than they have been earlier in the season. So I I, I feel that Joe Burrow will be better, a better Joe Burrow than what the Steelers went against in week one. I don't look for them to get five turnovers, but or sorry, five takeaways. But at the same time, I also don't think that he has the same the, the same weapons that he did then. I'll go out on a limb and say if the Steelers are going to win this game, they better hope that Joe Burrow has to throw the ball a lot, meaning they shut down Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is the concern for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was the one that ran all over Carolina, and it was like, oh, boy. You know, Mm -hmm. Mixon's a different beast. He kind of reminds me of Le'Veon Bell in a way in terms of his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. They don't use him as much there as I thought they always would, but maybe they will, and I don't know what this is going to be really interesting this game. And we're going to talk about that a lot. Brian, any other thoughts before we get into the minutia of this matchup? Nope. I'll, I'll save it for after the show. Now, nah, you know uh, what? I'm going to throw it in. Okay. Dave, you got to move the flag because if, if you look at any of our, we have our faces in the behind the steel curtain logo. <laughs> And it looks like the logo <laughs> is coming alive every time he's moving his head. It looks like it's in 3D. I feel like I'm in virtual I'm, reality. I'm, I'm just, I was just trying to get healthy enough to restore my um, the office so I can move back to my normal space. Uh, all right, sorry. I mean, is this any better? That is better. It was just making me laugh. Sorry, that's okay. that, that's bad form on my part, but I had to bring it up. All right, uh, let's let's talk about this this upcoming game. And this is a, an injury report. We're going to have Dave go over the injury report. Uh, very, there's just one. It's one player. But Dave, go ahead and go ahead and the, the Steelers and go ahead and read off the injury report if you're ready. okay. The injury report. Yeah, I got it here. All right. So Steelers had a lot of players not practice yesterday. They had seven players not practice. Six of them returned in some capacity today. So first of all, Najee Harris, full participant both days. Then you got the the one who didn't participate either day, Akello Witherspoon. I'm still, I don't know what, I don't know why he's not on IR, but that's just me. Marcus Allen came back um, as a full participant after not practicing yesterday with an illness. I'll save the big one to the end. Uh, Devin Bush came back as a full participant with his knee after he didn't practice on Wednesday. Kevin Dotson came back limited with his hip, but at least that's moving the right direction. Same with Larry Ogunjobi. He went from didn't practice to limited. Um, Trent Scott with his back came back to where he was a full participant on Thursday. Um, 
Jesse Davis was new to the injury report that he didn't practice on Thursday because of a knee. And then TJ Watt and Cam Hayward did not practice for not injury related resting the player. They specifically added that designation for Watt. And then the one was Micah Fitzpatrick, full participant. And Thursday's the day that's usually the most intense of all the practices. Um, and he comes back as a full participant. I uh, was kind of surprised by that. Um, and they they said it looks like if he's that there's a good chance he's going to play. So Terrell Austin, because the coordinators speak with the media on Thursdays, and they asked him about Minka, and he kind of said that, hey, this is a guy that we don't even think he would need to practice if he, if, you know, he could go out there, not practice on Thursday or Friday, and be good to go on Sunday. Not many players have gotten that type of uh, leniency under Mike Tomlin. I know Ben Roethlisberger has. I think someone else on Twitter mentioned that Troy Polamalu had from time to time. Um, I wasn't expecting him to practice on Thursday, to be honest. I was expecting either a, a did not practice or limited. And then he was a full participant. He met with media himself, and they said, are you going to play? He said, it just depends on Sunday, and we'll see how it goes. This is crazy to me. The guy had an organ removed from his body, and that was only what – it was less than seven days ago. <laughs> He's back at practice. Brian, what are your thoughts on Minka in particular? I'm going to be shocked if he plays. I think it's really? just, okay. I think it's wishful thinking. You know, man, when you car, not only did he have an organ removed, you're cutting through stomach muscle. And you know what like stomach muscle is when it hurts. My gosh, I, I could not imagine him moving around and being able to be 100%. We saw Ben Roethlisberger with the appendectomy. He missed week one in 2006, which was right after the Super Bowl win, that Thursday night game, Charlie Batch played. Mm -hmm. And then he came back, and they got shut out. I think it was only 6 nothing. they were shut out against Jacksonville on Monday night football. And they brought him back, and he wasn't ready to play. So I, I, I know that's it's different between a safety and a quarterback. I just kind of think that, man, the way Mike Tomlin holds people out, the way he tells Ryan Clark that, hey, I know you're healthy, but you've got, you've got a uh, condition that you can't go to Mile High Stadium and play. We, he's the same guy that last week told Miles Jack, okay, I know you're cleared, you're ready to go but I think we can give you another week to sit because the way things are looking and the, these guys are progressing, we're not going to put you out there. So I could not see them putting Minka Fitzpatrick out there. Now I do think Kathy Ford uh, brings up a really good point, And that is that if, if the surgery is done laparoscopically uh, and that's where they just, you know, have it's, I guess more like a puncture than it is an incision than an open wound. I don't know what Ben Roethlisberger had compared to other that, people. What, what year was that with know. Ben again? It was 06. I mean, think about the difference of of 16 years of technology in the medical field. Let, yeah. let me jump in here, and I'm not a doctor, mm -hmm. but 19 years mm -hmm. ago, I had laparoscopic surgery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my gosh, I think one of the worst parts about it was the air that, that comes in there and the pain. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, look. I mean, I, I had like a sweater vest, like four down um, from my chest to uh, to the bottom. And I, I just got to tell you that, man, that, yeah. that still hurts. Yeah, no, I've never had the, that type of surgery yeah, or anything. Either. So I have I don't know. 
it's definitely a uh it's definitely weird to have this discussion uh but again i'm gonna say the same thing i said with tj watt when everyone's like they should hold him out longer shut him down for the season it's, it's exactly what mike tomlin said on tuesday if the medical staff say that he is healthy and he can do no further damage to his body then he's going to lean on the medical staff. And if Minka Fitzpatrick is comfortable playing, he's going to play him. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. People say you have to protect players from themselves. I just don't know. And Minka said to the media today, Thursday, that the doctors told him there because the organ has been removed. There's really no other further damage internally that he could be done. It's just more like a pain tolerance thing. I don't know, Dave, what are your thoughts? People that know a whole lot more about the medical stuff will be making this decision uh, with than what I would possibly know. I have no idea if he can play or not. I'm, I'm and don't, I have no idea if he should play or not. I'm just going to trust that they're going to make the right call. And if and if he shouldn't play, then hold him out. If he's good to play, I I understand. It's not like the Ryan Clark thing. Ryan Clark could go there and he could he he it could have cost him his life trying to play in that game. That is a whole different thing. I don't think that's anywhere close to the case with Minka Fitzpatrick because if it's even remotely close with that, then he shouldn't be playing. So they'll make the right call. But, do you, I mean, I kind of agree with that. I think Brian said this in a roundabout way. I don't think Tomlin would give him an option if, if he was if it was a something that could actually harm him. Like Brian I don't think Clark, they'd let him practice today. If Brian Clark wanted to play in that game in Denver. Yeah. Or he Mike fought Tomlin's, him. Mike, oh, yeah. What What'd you say? He, he fought him. Yeah. Tooth and, nail. and Mike Tomlin had to say, look, I've, I'm, I'm not putting you out there. I wouldn't put my son out there. There's no way I'm putting you out there. And so uh, I, 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 there's that feeling as well. So, Hey, if he plays and he's healthy, I'm not going to complain about it because just to, this is what we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for Minka, DeMonte KZ, Terrell Edmonds to all be healthy to see what this, what this defense can do with them. And what better mm-hmm. week to do this than this week against the Bengals. I want to ask you all about this game in and of itself. This is a huge game. I know the Steelers are three and six and a lot of people are down on them. If they could find a way to win this game, think about what that would do for the upcoming slate of games. And I'm not looking ahead. I'm just thinking about how big this game is in terms of the magnitude on the Steelers season, four and six and three and seven are pretty different. Brian, what are your thoughts? I think you start uh, casually looking at the standings if they win this game. And you look less at uh, at the uh, draft reports and the mock drafts because that's what a lot of us were doing when they were two and six. And I'm just saying that, you know, I know people are going to throw it out right now. Oh, bad. This is not a playoff team. But there's a lot of teams struggling. And with that extra game, with that extra game, you see more guys getting hurt down the stretch and you start thinking, what if, and you look at that schedule, the schedule is not as strong as it was in the first half. You start thinking about it. You start thinking, Hey, a run is possible. If they win, if they lose all bets are off. And then you're like, you're back to where you were. But if they win, you start looking down the line and start looking at these teams and go, "Mm, maybe, maybe definitely, maybe, well, it could happen. You know, and then next thing you know, you're looking at the whole AFC and you're like, well, okay, if they get a win and they get two losses from everybody else in week 18, you might be sneaking in. He, I, I, I gotta be honest. I've, I've, I've done that. 
<laughs> I've looked at the slate of games and they were to win this game and said, well, you know, Dave, what do you think? Well, I'm kind of waiting to look at the standings until after this quarter of the season, meaning, and, I, and I'm the, the four games after the bye. And that because you can't do even quarters anymore now that there's 17 games. I do feel that this was the midpoint of the season because week nine is definitely the midpoint with 18 weeks. You just don't know where your buy is. So I, I look at it like the next four games out of their buy. If they could go three and one and four or four and oh in those four games, that's when you look at the standings. They're one game into it. And yeah, it was nice to see that win. Yes, it was nice to see uh, uh, one of the best performances of the, of the year of holding anybody to that few of yards rushing in a game or even that few of yards, you know, under 190 yards in a game. I, I laid all that out on StatGeek about regardless of anything, it's it's one of the few defensive performances. It's, it's a handful, a handful that, that anyone did that against any team this year. So there's, to me, building on that, I'm like, you could, you could, get yourself back in it with a really good third quarter of the season. This is the most difficult matchup in the third quarter of the season, but yet you get it at home. If you can, if you can pull off that one, my goodness, then I'm really getting excited about this third quarter of the season. And that's where they really had to get things turned around in order to think about anything over the last five games. So it's a it's a real possibility that if this that, that this is a big one. I mean, this is the if Coach Tom says all the time they break the, the season into quarters. If you're looking at this quarter of the season, this is the big one. And if you pull this one off, then you've got an opportunity to to, to really claw your way back into stuff. It's it's if this game was in Cincinnati, I'd have a much different feel. But the fact yes. that it's at home. And the Steelers have played their kind of back-to-back home games coming off of their bye week, obviously two weeks ago. I, I really think that this is a game the Steelers could take, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. What we're going to do first, before we get to the over-under game, we can talk about the spread, give our predictions and trivia. We're going to take a quick break if you're watching live on YouTube or if you're watching on uh, Facebook. That's the other one. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> what it's called. Anywhere. Everyone else will be right back after this break. All right, welcome back, folks. Word from our sponsors. There you go. It's time did, for the over. What's up? Did we want to do the Bengals injury report? No. No, I'm just yeah, 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 we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. No, we can joking. do a I'm bunch of them, but, uh, but Jamar Chase hip did not practice. There you go. There you go. There's it. No, but uh, Dax is the safety, right? He's a rookie, yeah, isn't Dax, he? Dax Hill. I, I only know that name from the, from draft stuff. Um, right. Yeah. See, when, Andrew Wilbar was high on him. When, I when you have stuff, when you talk about players from the draft, unless they go to the Steelers, most of the time, I don't even remember what team they end up on. But yes, yeah, uh, Dax Hill, he didn't practice. Uh, defensive tackle Josh um, Tapoo, I don't know, with a calf, didn't practice. Offensive tackle um, Dante Smith with an illness, didn't practice. Um, then you're, there was um, ha- H is that halfback Chris Evans knee yes. HB yes okay well, um, actually he's also Captain America I think yeah <laughs> he he just might be but he was limited I don't know I, I don't I don't know about cat I've never heard of Captain America being limited before but he was limited on Thursday uh cornerback Trey Flowers with a hamstring was limited and then two other players but well well one was because of rest it was um it just says offensive tackle Lyle 
They didn't even the Collins, didn't right? even put the whole they didn't even put the last one. name in. But he was a full uh, participant. And and uh and Mike Hilton, he was a full participant with his finger. Can I just say as someone that is an editor of a website, like th- when I see a Steelers official website for two days in a row not put the player's last name in, it's just Lael, Lael Collins. Like it's just write his last name. Like share. This <laughs> <laughs> is Prince. Like are we <laughs> Sting? <laughs> Not stinging or stung, but sting. <laughs> I don't get it. It drives me nuts. And this is the stuff I talked about when, you know, the cut and paste component and the depth chart crap and all that stuff. Just come on, Steelers. Clean it up, will you please? All right. Thanks for bringing that up, Dave. I totally would have forgotten about the yeah, I just thought that. Yeah. All right. You all ready for some over-under? Yes. All right. Are good. you all um, ready for some over-under? Yeah. I, I mean, we, we, I we, I'm always ready. <laughs> We need I to talk about something week, before so. we do our over and un- over under. Okay. Dave has pulled ahead with yes. a two point advantage. I am behind Dave, which I'm shocked. I'm in the basement. Two behind Dave, and Jeff is two behind me. So it is 32, 34, and 36. With but like Jeff- two weeks ago, Jeff was winning. I know. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. So, so it could all change. So because of that, I did seven to give myself a chance to come back. So I had <laughs> one more. Actually, I forgot. I thought I did six and I'd see either seven. So that's okay. This is a very uh, KP8 focused start to the over under game. Hope you all are ready for this. The first over under Kenny Pickett, Kenneth Shane Pickett, passing touchdowns, passing touchdowns. I know what you're going to say. It's a half. I knew that's oh, what the gosh. number was going to be. I Half. knew that's what the number was going to be. <laughs> All right. Five. Yep. Brian, you taking the over or the under? I expect you to go 1.5 just like Dave did, and I was going to take the over on 1.5. I think it's going to be a little bit of a breakout. Well, technically one would be a breakout, but you're taking the over. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, Dave. Since it's a 0.5, you know what? They're... I'm, I'm going to take the over. I think I think it's one. If you'd have said one, I probably would have pushed. So thank yeah. you for not saying one. Well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to have a lot of options to push. I'm going over as well. But I think it's just going to be one. I, I just yeah. think that the Steelers. I think they're going to score points. But I just think it's just going to be one. The next Kenneth Shane Pickett uh, is passing yards. Again, passing yards, two hundred five point five. 205.5 passing yards. Brian, we'll start with you. Hmm. Let, let's just, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to pay for this, but I'm feeling optimistic. So let's go over. All right, Dave. Well, mine isn't based on being optimistic. Mine, I'm going to say, you know, it was now. this isn't net yards after taking off sacks, right? This is this just, is just passing, passing yards. yards yes. Cause he had 199 in the, in the right. Because him and because he had a 199 and now she had 99 rushing. I'm going to say with two, you said 2055. That is correct. I'm going to say over, but I'm going to say just not much over. And the reason I'm going to say this is I don't think that the Steelers are going to rush for 217 yards again. Therefore, they're going to need a few more in the air. It's not, I'm not saying that they're not going to rush the ball well. It's just you, I'm not banking on 200 yards rushing every game. I'm taking the over as well. And I think it's going to be around 220. I agree with Dave. What I kept thinking about was okay, 199 last week, but they ran for 217 yards. He didn't have to throw didn't the ball have to a lot. Throw for anymore. Right. He didn't have to throw the ball a lot in the fourth quarter, especially in the waning minutes. So let's just that's how I went with. Okay, so we all took the over. Here we go. Let's go find final one for KP eight. 
Kenneth Shane Pickett rushing yards. 32 and a half. 32 and a half rushing yards for KPA. Brian, you taking the over or the under? Ran for, very, 50, ran for 51 last week. Yeah, and I know I very well could, and he has the potential each and every time to take off for a lot. I'm going to say, my gosh, slightly under. And, you know, I almost feel like I'm doing the wrong thing by taking under. But, you know, he's we're giving him an uptake in both touchdown passes and passing yards. Something's going to suffer. All right. Dave, what do you think? What was the number again? 32 and a half. 32 and a half. Yeah. Well, he's gone over that the last two games, but under the previous ones. But two of those, he only played half the game. So I know I'm breaking it down numbers wise. I got to I'm, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over just a little bit. I'm a Dave. I'm going to go over, but not by much. I think that maybe he breaks off another 20 plus yard run like he had against the Saints, but I'm not going to bank on that. Uh, but I will. I do think they're going to utilize his leg. His legs, plural. Uh, Mike Tomlin says he loves quarterback mobility. So Brian needs Brian. something. Yeah, I mean, I'm just throwing this in. It's complete nonsense. But I now want to go grocery shopping with Dave because I want to see him like uh, holding up like the, the pancake mix and and figuring it out. And really, well, the pancake mix. I'll make my pancakes from scratch. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway, Dave, uh, Dave, flour. Dave's the couponer that's like doing the oh, math. Don't do that either. The coupons. He's like, nope. oh, wait, no, no, no. I got a coupon for this. No, uh, but I tell you, I honestly, I, I. You, you can't trust it anymore that just because you buy a larger amount that it's actually a better price per per item. You, you've got to actually do the math. So they, over they, they under, get you now. Over yeah. under two and a half hours in the grocery store with Dave <laughs> Gofield. How well is he buying food for just one meal or a week? He's buying the, the week. Buying for the, the family. Week? Yeah. I'm going to take it slightly under. Oh, I'm going over. I don't think I have ever spent more than if more than two hours, more than an hour and a half in a grocery store. Um, if it's just groceries, unless I'm doing other shopping, uh, you know, beyond that. But so you're, I don't know. You have to come time me sometime. Okay. Let's continue with the real over under game and we'll go with uh, George Pickens total yards, total yards. Now, Hey, that's a key word. There is total yards. George had over 20 yards rushing last week. I had, he finished with the 55 total yards last week. I believe he had 32 receiving and 23 rushing. I don't know if that's hundred percent correct, but it was about, it was around there. So George Pickens total yards, 68 and a half, 68 and a half. Brian, what do you think? Over under. George Pickens should have 68 and a half yards receiving just on its own. Um, I know he's not expecting to ever, and he said this, ever go inside the tackles for a touchdown again <laughs> in his life. He doesn't expect that. I got to go over. I, I really think he's a focal point. All right, Dave. You said the number was what? 68 and a half yards. He's only done it twice this year. I Here I go. This is total yards. This is not I know. just receiving. But okay. it wasn't, but but think about it. Before this past week, he had one rush for one yard. Well, yeah, so, that, that was but when Chase and Claypool that, was that was when Chase Claypool was here. But you see, and that's another thing that we didn't talk about with the offense back in week one. Yeah. George Pickens had three targets, one reception, three yards, because he was a rookie playing in his very first game. Remember, 
like uh, Juju didn't have a catch in his first game as a rookie, uh, uh, things of that nature. So George Pickens is is more important here. Oh, you know what? I'm going to say under, just barely. 68 and a half. I set the stupid line. I'm thinking too hard about it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I'm going to go slightly under. I'm actually thinking it's it's a very close under to that, but I'll take under. Oh, it's a chance for me. Yeah. Two in a row to right. gain on you guys. We have three we'll left. Fall farther behind. Oh, yeah. Three, yeah. Three, three left. Pat Fryermuth targets. Pat Fryermuth targets. Mentioned he was targeted 10 times in week one. I've had seven and a half for old Pat Fryermuth. Brian, over under. And seven and a half is kind of like the sweet spot. Um, yeah, I gotta go. That's over. why he sets it there. <laughs> I got. I gotta go over. All right, Dave. Man, because you know, seven last week, seven the week before. You know, ten was the only double-digit targets he's had all season. I, I'm going to go barely over. I'm going to go eight. Okay, so I've. Uh... I, I do listen to a lot of the press conferences and read the transcripts and they've been talking about Pat. They've been talking a lot about Pat this week. So I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to go eight and a half, man. If I could even said eight and a half, I would have taken the, I'm thinking he's going to have nine. That's what I'm going to go with nine. <laughs> so I'll take the over. I'll take the over with old Patty. And then we have two. These are about the Steelers defense. Let's start with Pittsburgh Steelers sacks on Mr. Burrow. Uh, I, I was really I tried not to bring week one too much into this one. I have three and a half is the line. Three and a half sacks is the line. Brian, what do you think? Over under? I'm going to go under. Okay. Dave? <sighs> under is the safe pick, but I'm going to go with my heart and go over. What, did go the bang- what have the Bengals given up in terms of sacks, Dave? You, you Bengals know. in terms of – well, I know they've given up a lot. I can give you a total for the season. I've got it sitting right here that they've I, given up. I, I think figured. it's 32. Yeah, they've given up 32 sacks on on the year. But uh, I, I had it here where I could tell you um, – oh, no, they don't break it out in that – and do they break it out in that way? Yeah, give me – I mean – You'd have to you'd have to give me a minute to try to compile where those thirty. Okay. I mean, think seven out of thirty-two came in week one. Right. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with three. So that's under. I'm gonna go three, and that's under. That's shoot. TJ Watt could do that himself. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if he did mm-hmm. it himself. But uh, that's just one. It was really tough to gauge because of that week one performance and how it just seemed like an aberration when it came to. Things like takeaways and sacks and stuff like that, which is the final one, by the way. Pittsburgh Steelers defensive takeaways. They had two last week against New Orleans. I have it at set at one and a half. One and a half. Brian, what do you think? I'm going to go over with just two. Dave? Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm going to go with with my heart because I really want them to pull out this game and I'm going to say over with two, but I would not be shocked if Cincinnati really, really takes care of the ball because I mean, you know what? Can I change it? Mm-hmm. I'm going under, I'm going with one. Cincinnati's really taking care of the ball since that first week. Dang it. I was like, I'm taking the under hard on this one. I'm going to go with one. Yeah. And then Dave, James I mean, you only have 10 on the, on the year. And no, five. I know. Yeah, no, I, that's yeah. 
when I when I illegally stole that stat from my podcast, I um, <laughs> I saw that that they only had ten. So yeah, and I'm regretting the over. So yeah. <laughs> you can you change, change it, it now. You I'm can change the question. I'm not. I have to change mine before we went to the next person, at least. But yeah. So Brian, did you get all seven? I did not. Brian, get your I hope stack. you gain a point on us on that one. I really do. I'm, I, that would be one I would love for you to get. Yeah, absolutely. And you both went over with the sacks, correct? No, I went under. No, Brian or Jeff went under. And you went I over. went over. Okay, great. I I I I I did a go west. I still think of a the different of a different song when you all say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um let's go to the spread via the DraftKings Sportsbook. And let's talk about over under there as well as our score predictions. We got there, Dave. At last I saw was four. Yeah, I'm I, I brought it up at the beginning of the podcast and I hit refresh just to make sure because of you know, you never know what could change. And yeah, it's it's four. It started at five early in the week. Now it's four, and the over under is 41. Okay. Brian, what is your prediction for this game? How do you see it shaking out? All right, I'm going to my gosh. I am going, I'm trying to do math in my head, uh, which is not a really good thing to do. I, I kind of think I'm not going to go with the 30. I almost did again, because if you look at last week, they came really close to getting 30 and you can be like that. They only had 20, but you have a lot of trips in the, uh, you know, close to the touchdown zone there. You have four field goal attempts. Yeah. You miss two of them right there. That's, that's your 10 points that would have made 30. So they had themselves in position to possibly do it. I can't do that this week, but I can really, I, I'm going to go with the Steelers this week. And it's just because, because color rush. Yes. The color Russians are here. So yeah, they're good. wearing color rush. And by the only time that I had my uh, first man on man snuggling experience, that's the only time that they lost. And that was with Dave Schofield, which I'm uh I never want to have that happen again. Now, Still getting if, over it. Yeah. If they would have won, I might be snuggling Dave every week. But so I got to go ahead and say they're going to win this game. I really want to go. I'm going to go weird here. I'm going to go 26 to 24 Steelers. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I already have 26, 24 written down Steelers. Well, Someone brought it up that? on Tuesday in the live chat, and I said, "Oh, I said, hey, I'm going to." I said that that might sound familiar on Thursday. I've had it since Tuesday. Well, I got the same know, thing. You know darn well, Dave, that I don't listen to <laughs> no, your shows, gonna, which uh... means we're going <laughs> to, which means we're going to tie. You know, <laughs> what we, we can't okay, do I'll, it. I'll yeah, go ahead and change it. No, 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 change no. it. I love it. I love it. I had the same weird score: 26-24 Steelers. Because I am going with this with this. This is a chance for the Steelers to really make a move. This gets this would get them back to a winning record in the division. Now, remember, division records only matter if overall records are ties when it comes to, to finding how they do in the division. You could you could be the Steelers could be five and one in the division, but yet have the worst overall record. They're still going to put them fourth in the division. But it would be nice to get back to that two and one in the division. Um, the Jamar Chase thing, I still think is huge. The biggest thing is, is that the 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 um the Bengals are coming in off of a bye, so that's that's another thing because with a good coaching staff, you can you can add the wrinkles, but but at the same time, like I said, 
the Steelers' defensive performance this past week, regardless of who their opponent was, was was a top was in both overall yardage surrendered and rushing yardage surrendered was a top five performance of any game in the league this year. So that's coming off of something like that. If they just get somewhere close to that defensively, um, I think they can do it. And I think the offense can, can do their part, take care of the ball, do your part. Um, Remember the offense did not, they didn't punt in the second half. They did not punt in the second half. That's kind of a big deal. So hopefully they can carry that into this game, and that's why I'm going with the 26-24. How do you all have them getting to 26, just out of curiosity? Steelers would have had 26 last week, and they don't miss both field goals. That's true. Honestly, I, I, I think it'll be a touchdown, but maybe a missed PAT. Okay. Yeah, that, that's one of those things where it's like, I hear the 26, I'm like, how do they have them getting to 26? Okay. Yeah. It's funny because uh, someone, Felicia, our pal Felicia, she actually predicted. Hey, Felicia. She, uh, right, hey, Felicia. She predicted my score. I think the Steelers can – I think they – this game for me, uh, there's something about it that just sets up well for this team. There have been times where I'm always going to pick the Steelers. People that yeah. listen to my podcast know that. But there's certain games that line up well. Just like in golf, there are certain shots that fit your eye well. You look at it and you're like, I've, th- I, this is, I, I've got this shot. This is one of those games where, like I feel like I got this game. I have the Steelers winning 23 to 21. It's going to be close. And I I just think that this team is a team that's starting to figure it out. They get over, over 20 and they do it in regulation. I think it'll be really close down the stretch, but I think the Steelers win at 23, 21. So there you go. Did we all three take the Steelers in this game? Yeah, we did. And we all Uh, took the over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We all did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what it, if you think it's going to be a very close game, ch- uh, chances are it's going to be a close game in the 20s rather than a close game in the teens. I mean, it could be a 17-16 game, but um I I the we all have two point wins is what we have. Yeah. It's going to be close. If if it's not close either way, I'd be stunned. All right, good stuff. Let's go to trivia. Brian, go ahead. So I would like to go ahead and do what I like to do with uh, teams that have worn the black and gold and the orange and black stripes. So let's do this. Excuse me, not teams, players, excuse me. Back in 1998, the Pittsburgh Steelers had a kick returner and a wide receiver that spent his first three and a half years in Cincinnati. In midseason, they, well, actually not midseason, but after the first couple of weeks of the season, this gentleman ended up in Pittsburgh and was their prime kick returner for the remainder of 1998, which actually started out fairly promising for that team. What was his name? So he, you say he started in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yes. He started in 1995 as a rookie in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff, you can't claim to be too young. He was a fifth-round pick of the Bengals, the Bengals, in that 1995 draft. What was his name? Man, I am drawing a blank <clears throat> on this return man here. Well, see, here's... It's not who I'm thinking, because I'm already thinking of a... See... This was back right when I started doing fantasy football. 
Um, yes, in the 90s when we scored the games ourselves. So I when it came to things like that and and even you know kick returners, didn't the Steelers have didn't they have a returner, but he came from Tampa, is what I thought in '98. Because that was Courtney Hawkins. Courtney Hawkins, no. Um, yeah, he was there around that time. Yeah, but this, I thought he was there. This guy returned some kicks for them as well. Okay. But and Hawkins give you, might have just been a punt returner. Well, he was a good receiver. Hawkins was a good receiver for them. Yeah. And I'll give you one more hint. So and that's what I was thinking, but that's I, I, beyond that, I don't got it. He, the, he beat me. This His namesake back in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, beat me up when I was in fourth grade in 1980. His name is... He shared the very same name. So if you call my dad, you might be able to... You might know it. (laughs) I don't know. I'm drawing a blank here. I have no clue. Dave, you have any other guesses or are we... No, no, I can't. Like I said, the only one I could think of was Hawkins, but that he didn't play for the the Bengals. He is is it. Same first name as somebody... On this uh, screen, one of one of us three. David, I'm going with that. It's David. It is David. Yeah, we got him. It is not hacksaw Jim Duggan, by the way. Ah! David David Dunn. (laughs) His name is David Dunn. And yes, could not. There was David Dunn on my little league team. (laughs) <laughs> and he beat me up. How? Okay, hold on, David. D U N N. He's muted. Brian muted himself. Oh, he muted himself. I'm assuming it's. Yeah. yeah, I found him, David Dunn. Dude played ten games for the Steelers ever. <laughs> yeah. No wonder I can't remember him. Okay. Yeah. Couldn't it just be Hacksaw Jim Duggan that's much cooler than David? I, I mean, it, it would be. He did, have, he, did have, he did have 21 kick returns for a 25-yard average. So, that's yeah, that's not bad. All right, so now okay. it's my Sorry, turn. I had to look him up. I hadn't heard of I don't, I don't my remember. My turn for the trivia. Let's do notable Steelers that went to the Bengals. So, uh, we can talk about Mike Hilton most recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of other recent Recent Steelers that have gone to James Cincinnati. Harrison. James Harrison would be one. I'm, I don't think there's many others, is there? Mm. That put on the Bengal stripes? No, Kimo went the good way. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kimo, the reverse, and now he's a, the bad guy, which he shouldn't be, by the way. What do you mean, mm-hmm. bad guy? Oh, and Cincinnati's the bad mm. guy. Ah, who cares about what they Who cares what I do? He shouldn't be, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know of any other. Hmm. All right. Hey, that's good. All David right. Done. Had to look that one up. Hmm. David Schofield, bad. your turn with some trivia. With some trivia. Okay. Well, the biggest concern I have with this game is the Pittsburgh Steelers facing a team that is coming out of their bye week. No. Under Mike Tomlin. No, said going back to 2007, the Steelers, not in the postseason. I'm not counting postseason where the team, you know, they they were a higher seed and therefore had a buy. Not not counting that. In the regular season, the Steelers have faced a team coming out of their buy 16 times. What do you think their the Steelers' record is going up against teams? 
coming out of their bye week. I want to say they beat the Ravens one time. I know uh, with Harbaugh, the coach, as as the coach. Um, I'm going to say they've only won four games. You said 16, right? 16. So you have them. Yeah, four and 16. I don't know. I just mean four and four wins, 16. There's four wins, 12 losses. Yeah. Brian? Brian's trying to do the math. (sighs) What's the number again? 12? No, it's 16. 16. Coming out of bye week, I'm going to say they're 12 and four. You're saying no, not the Steelers coming out of the bye week. The opponent they're playing is coming out of a bye week. Like the Bengals on Sunday. Like the Bengals on Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to say 12 and four. Okay, you're still going to say 12 and four. Well, this is a little bit tricky because the last number is one because there's a tie because the Pittsburgh Steelers played the Detroit Lions last year with Detroit uh, coming out of their bye. But the record is actually nine, six, and one is nice. what the Steelers are facing a team coming out of their bye week. But what's even better is out of those 16, eight have been at home and eight have been on the road. When the Steelers face a team coming out of their bye week, but they have to travel to Pittsburgh, the Steelers are six, one, and one. Yes. Hot dog. The only loss was in 2015 to the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah, but uh, the the only other time, What, what year is that? That was in 2015. Um, But the only other time the Steelers have faced a team in week 11 at home against a team coming out of their bye, uh, they they played the the Oakland Raiders and they beat them 35 to three. Um, The only other week 11 time they've taken on a team coming out of their bye, they traveled to two New York Jets and beat them there in overtime 19 to 16 in 2007. Man, they played a lot. They I mean, would you look at the years? Like 2007, the Steelers and Mike Tomlin's first year coaching, the Steelers played three games where they had a team go coming out of their bye. They've already played one this year because they had to play the Eagles coming out of their bye. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so there was a loss right there, but overall, the record's not bad. And honestly, um that's it's been uh four times where the Steelers were underdogs coming out of the bye. Um, one of which was the Eagles earlier this season. And that was by far the biggest underdog um, where, where they lost, but other, t- you know, taking that one, you're looking at years past, the Steelers are actually two and one as underdogs coming out of the bye. Uh, the, their, their one loss was, was, um, was to new England in 2011. They had to face them coming out of their bye. So just looking at all these various things, and it seems like it's not. I mean, if you think about a 16 game season, nine, seven, and one kind of seems like it's a it seems like it's a it's a <laughs> wait, it's not nine, seven, one, nine, six, and one kind of seems I was getting, mixing it up with last year's record. Kind of seems like the the kind of the the standard. So not so bad against teams coming out of the bye. Yeah. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ho. 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 <laughs> Do I have to bring a two by four next week? <laughs> and an American flag. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's do some final thoughts here. Brian, go ahead. All right. So Steelers had a great comeback last week. Not 
on the scoreboard, just the fact that TJ Watt came back and everybody's excited about it. So how he elevated that on that defense. But, you know, for me, that was a given and we knew that was going to happen. But when DeMonte KZ did a few things that he did, the interception was one thing. But the hit that he got flagged on was a monster message hit that you got to look at and just go, wow. And say, you know what? I'll go ahead and take those 15 yards on that play. But knowing that this guy is going to be roaming the outfield for the Steelers and you're going to be hearing his footsteps, adding him in with a guy like Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick, something that Jeff mentioned that we've been waiting for for a long time. Well, I tell you what, I get excited thinking about it. So number 23 is back. We wanted that to be Joe Hayden. A lot of us wanted that to be him. His time has passed. And then comes DeMonte KZ. And he was a guy that the Steelers picked up right after the draft. And so they just pick up Chris Oladokun. And the next thing you know, we see news that they're going to come to terms with DeMonte KZ. And that was some pretty exciting stuff. So when I think about this guy, I know Watt's going to turn the team around. This guy could be one of those guys that could make them go a lot further than just turning around by having the presence and the heart and the desire that DeMonte KZ has. All right, Dave, final thoughts. I was, as you guys know, I was extra excited about this win because of being in the stadium and experiencing it there was just a completely different thing. So therefore, for those of you that have gone to games in the past, going to a game is you're amped up to go. You're amped up when it's over. It's It stands out above other games when you're there in the stadium. I remember a, you know, a lot of Steelers games, but I remember the ones I was there for, definitely. And I'm, I'm excited about this game. If this would have been the Steelers' offense coming out and showing this like a, a completely dominating performance – I would worry about them being able to repeat it because of the young offense and and what they were doing. Having a defensive performance like the way that the Steelers had, to me, that that I see hope in replicating it. This is their first chance to replicate it against a team that, if you listen to Steelers Stat Geek Thursday morning, sorry to keep to to, to keep um, bringing it up, that actually ranked very has a lot of similar rankings. To, to the team that they played last week. They actually have a lot of rank, uh, other than the records, you know, based based on that. And then, of course, New Orleans struggles to score points, but they still move the ball a lot. But the Steelers had that much of a dominating performance. I want to see, can they, can they translate that to AFC North football? And as we know, AFC North football, all bets are off. Division games are so hard to predict. Look at what happened Monday night where, where the Eagles are no longer defeated undefeated. Who did they lose to? They lost to a division opponent because that familiar familiarity can sometimes take games where you would expect one team to do something and another team based on that can really come out and do something special. I want to see the Steelers do something special at 425 at Acrisure Stadium. Hopefully you can see it as well. I know a lot of people, this may um, inhibit your ability to see the game now that it's been flexed, but uh, hopefully you can find a way. I'm just excited about it. I know I'm setting myself up for disappointment, but that's all right. If you can't get excited about this Steelers team now, I don't know if you'll get excited about them at all. 
Well said, gentlemen. It was a good show. Uh, the three of us will be back on the post-game show after that 425 kickoff this Sunday. And make sure you're checking out all of our podcasts on our audio platform that are not on YouTube or Facebook. Go anywhere where you get your podcast search. Dealers are behind the steel curtain. You'll find Dave Statke, Brian's Bad Language, My Let's Ride podcast, and a lot more. So make sure you check that out. Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. See you next week for another Steelers preview. Take it easy. Everybody else gets a little tight.